Pray with me real fast. Father, we love you and we thank you. We pray that you would come and encourage us. It is with worship that we respond to you, Father. But we pray that in the midst of this atmosphere of worship that you would come and speak powerfully to us today and encourage us, strengthen us, help us to live more like Jesus. Amen. Amen. So the new series that we're starting today is You Asked For It. I had someone come up to me after the service um, uh, that I just preached. They said, Shane, that was a very very tough sermon. Um, I just felt like you were yelling at us the whole time, and I, I don't know if I like that. And I said, well, you asked for it. Um, uh, I, they were a little more encouraging than that. But hey, this is a fun series. And, and basically what happened is last Easter, uh, we gave you uh, some, some kind of a, a form to fill out, a survey, so to speak, of, of different topics that you would like to talk about or like us to hear us talk about, things that you had questions about. And so we had some, uh, some printed answers and we had people vote, we had people write in answers and then we tallied them all. Some of those we talked throughout the year, but we've got some left over. This is a particular one, Forgiving Others. We'll talk about that in a moment. Next week, we'll talk about heaven. We'll talk about overcoming stressful situations. We'll talk about a lot of different things. The one that I picked, which was the, the effects of the transubstantiation on the premillennial rapture, didn't make the cut. So, sorry, maybe next year. Uh, we'll see what happens. But we are excited about this, and, and this is a tough topic to talk about. I, I realize that. We're going we're gonna to get into a real place, a, a, a tough place. You're, you're going to walk through some emotions today that maybe you've never walked, to, walked through before or you've stuffed for a while. I mean, forgiveness cuts at the core of where we are. We basically, as humans, don't like to forgive. It's counterintuitive to who we are. It's hard. We've got to tap into something beyond ourselves, or I would say something supernatural, in order to forgive. And how do I know this? Because when I'm driving south on 23, and I'm going towards the construction areas, and I get over in plenty of time, there's always that one guy who cuts outside the road and tries to go all the way over and cut in front of me. And when he does, I don't want to forgive him. <laughs> I want to run him over. I'll give you a reason to speed up, buddy, right? I mean, forgiveness runs counterintuitive to who we are. We have to have some ability, have to go someplace beyond where we are. And how do I know this? It is found this even this week in a strange way. Remember last week, something tragic happened in Cleveland. You guys know about this? The, the so-called Facebook murder. There was a guy by the name of Roderick, Robert Godwin who was coming home from an Easter meal. A random guy pulled over, asked his name, shot and killed him, and he filmed it on Facebook. And so it got national headlines, and, and they didn't know where he was, they couldn't find him, they, they alerted people in Michigan and Indiana and Kentucky and, and Pennsylvania, anywhere he could go, they, they didn't know where he was. And ultimately, they found him, he was, uh, they tracked him down, he ended up taking his own life. But you think about this, this idea when something tragic like that happens, and God forbid you've experienced something like that. Something terrible happens to us. We want, we want retribution. We want it to, to even out, don't we? I mean, when, when the weight's over here, we want to put something over here that's going to balance the scales. And forgiveness doesn't do that. Forgiveness is, is doesn't quite make sense. 
When I heard about this this week, I, was, I struggled with it, and, and I just wondered, because I know social media is kind of close to my heart, and to see it tainted in this way, and there was a big debate about it. But then I read this, this particular story. This comes from the New York Post, or the Washington Post, sorry. And this is Robert Godwin's daughter. This is the guy who got shot's daughter. She said this, Each one of us forgives the killer, the murderer. We want to wrap our arms around him. Godwin's son said, I forgive him because we're all sinners. Our father, the one who got killed, taught us about God, how to fear God, how to love God, and how to forgive. I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could get myself to that place. How do you do that? So I struggled a little bit this week, especially about this particular topic. I've had people in my life wrong me, and you have too. I've had people in my life say things about me. I had people plot against me. I had people to, to just seem like they're out to get me or take advantage of me or put me in a very terrible position intentionally just for their own gain. And it sets my heart at a place where I'm like, oh, man. And I knew I was talking about forgiveness this week and wrestling through all this. And it was amazing. All these flood of emotions, all the people that I thought, I, okay, I've forgiven and forgotten, right? I've moved on from that. That was back then. All these emotions are coming back to me this week. Oh my gosh, why do I hate this person? Why do I just want to give them a, call them up on the phone and ream them out? Why do I, why do I chase, want to chase down the guy who cut me off on 23, Right? Where is this coming from? So as I, 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 I kind of researched a little bit through Scripture and tried to find some encouragement, and I remembered this particular text, and you guys would know this. This is, this is a Jesus story for you about the, about the idea of forgiveness. This is what it says. This is Matthew. Now, Peter, who's one of Jesus' disciples, this is at the, the kind of the half end of Jesus' life. He's gone to the Mount of Transfiguration. He's revealed to, to people who he really is. His disciples are, know who he is, and it says after that he kind of set his mind, set his focus on the cross. But as he comes down, he's dealing with some issues, mostly with his disciples, and Jesus, and Peter comes to him and says, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother or sister? And he's talking about brothers or sisters. Some of you have some brothers or sisters that you need to forgive, but these are a broad sense of turn. How do I forgive my friend? How do I forgive my coworker? How do I forgive the people in my life when they sin against me? And he says, up to seven times, question mark. Now, the Pharisees, they believed you could forgive, you had to forgive someone three times. And the Old Testament was a little more sketchy. It was mostly like once, maybe twice, and then pound the person. <laughs> so the Pharisees took it to the next level, right? Well, three sounds good. Well, Peter says, I'll go beyond the Pharisees. And, and, and to go beyond the Pharisees, the Pharisees were known for taking it to the nth degree. And he's going beyond the Pharisees. He says, well, well, I'll double the Pharisees and I'll add one. I'll go to the perfect number, seven. I'll forgive someone seven times. What do you think, Jesus? Pat me on the back. And Jesus says, whoa, 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 whoa. Not seven. Seventy-seven times. Actually, it literally means times seven by 77. Now, Jesus is not doing some crazy math, okay? Some of you math wizards are like, what does that equal? Do I carry the one? Do I, do I divide it? You're, you're trying to figure this out in some algebra problem, right? Don't worry about the algebra. This is not an algebra issue, okay? This is Jesus is saying, what you're going to forgive, take it up a notch, 
carry it to the nth degree. Go beyond. Go infinity. Go so far away from what you were planning on forgiving. That's the expectation. And I'm sure Peter was like, uh, no. <laughs> Seven sounds good. I'm going to go back to the Pharisees and do three. I read this and I felt the same way. All these flood of emotions, these people that have really hurt me in my life. I could tell you stories. And I'm like, I, I, I did seven. I'm good. And I heard Jesus say, 77 times? So then I read on. One of the tricks I've learned in Scripture is if you don't like it, you keep, keep reading until you find something you do like, right? So I kept reading, <laughs> and this is what I come up with. Talk, talk about Jesus tells a story. Now, I love the way Jesus tells stories. He uses a lot of different elements, including exaggeration and hyperbole and, and just, just a lot of different imagery. This is what they call a parable. So it's got a story, but it's got a meaning behind it. And this is what Jesus says. So he says, therefore... I don't know why he always says, therefore, with like a story to start a story. Well, he could probably say, you know, once upon a time, I guess, right? The kingdom of heaven is like a king. Anyone know what a king is? We don't know kings except the ones that are on playing cards, but just bear with me, okay? Like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, as he began kind of settling all the accounts, all the things that were owed out to him, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Now, this literally says in Scripture, it says 10,000 talents. You don't know what a talent is. Well, pretty much the U.S. equivalent to this is about a million dollars. This is a lifetime of money. The amount of money you would make in a lifetime is how much this person owes. In other words, he can't pay it back. And you might say, well, that doesn't make sense. Why is the guy asking him to pay back? Well, this is, that, this is that exaggeration part of the story. Jesus is making a point here. He's saying, this guy owed me something that he couldn't pay back in a lifetime. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. He, his wife... And his children all have to be sold to pay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees. I would too, right? Fall on his knees. Be patient with me, he begged. Then the king flips the script here, okay? I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. Okay, okay, stop for a moment, okay? I remember growing up, we had this um, board game. It was called uh, Bargain Hunter. And the coolest thing about the board game is it had its really, not a real one, but it was like a fake credit card machine. And you, it would actually go ch-ch-ching. Remember the old ch-ch-ching credit card machines? We loved it. My sister and I would charge everything in the game. In fact, it brought into my own world and my own finances and got me to a world of trouble, and I blame it on Bargain Hunter. But Bargain Hunter had the ch-ch-ching. We would charge everything, right? And then we were really hoping, because you could go around the board and you'd try to buy things at different stores, and you'd charge ch-ching, ch-ch-ching. But then you'd land on this one thing where you'd get these special cards that would like, like you lose a turn or skip over someone or something like that. But there was one card we always hoped for. It was called the Rich Uncle Pays Out All Your Debts card. All of us need a rich uncle, right? All of us need a rich uncle to step in and say, bang, all your debts are paid. Wouldn't that be awesome? That's what he's doing. All your debts are paid. There's no way you could pay it. You're going to be sold into slavery. Not anymore. 
He takes pity on him. Pays off all his debts. Wow, that's a great story. Can we end there? <laughs> I wish. But when the servant found out, okay, I'll pay pity on him. Where, where are we at here? The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt. But when the servant went out from that place, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. Now this is the equivalent of about a week's wage. Okay, what do you want to say? 200, 300 bucks? He grabbed him, began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him. Does this sound familiar? Be patient with me and I will pay it back. But instead of having pity, he refuses. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown in prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and they went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in and said, you wicked servant, I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? The in anger, his master ordered him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly Father, says Jesus, will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother and your sister from your heart. That sounds like a great bedtime story, doesn't it? I love pulling Josh aside and saying, hey, let me read you a bedtime story. Did you forgive your sister today? If not, guess what? You're going to get tortured. <laughs> Says it in the Bible. He's going to sleep great that night, right? How do we, how do we reconcile this, guys? How, how do we deal with this? Do, how do we deal with the God who tortures? How do we deal with this Jesus who just seems to be so mean? Uh, let me back up a little bit. Some of you have had people hold something against you. you. You've had this experience of someone wronged you. Someone did something to you that you didn't deserve. They hurt you. And in that moment, that broke something inside you. Messed you up, didn't it? Got you a little angry, didn't it? Got you a little upset, didn't it? And in that anger, this is what happens. Something, when that happens, it's not intended to be. This is the broken, sinful life, the world that we live in. And when that breaks, something inside us gets messed up. And in that inside, if we don't deal with that pain inside us, if we don't, we don't, we don't do something about it, we stuff it, we embrace it, we run it down, we live it out, it does effectively bring torture to us. I read a book this week called Deadly Emotions. And they said the moment you're hurt and you stuff those emotions, you bring them down in, you, you, you lock them away, you think, I'm good, I'll get them next time, and you start to live your life out, some of the things that are produced by those emotions are torturous. Here's some of them. Here's some of them. Tension headaches, migraine headaches, eczema, colitis, ulcers, asthma, hay fever, frequent urination, irritable bowel syndrome. Just because 
You locked that away and you said, I'm good. I deal with this on my own. Outbursts, usually at someone completely unrelated to the issue. Rash judgment, quickly irritated with simple tension situations. And a you owe me mentality. Now some of you are like, I know someone like that. Don't you? Some of you are like, I hope my husband's paying attention. Listen, we've all had something broken here. Now I want to go back to the, can we go back to that last verse in there, okay? I want to go back to this. Because we all know the power that unforgiveness, that these locked away emotions deal with us. We all know that, right? What do we do about it? Just hope we don't get tortured? This is what Jesus says. This is what he says. This is how my heavenly Father will treat of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never, ever, ever been able to forgive someone from my heart. It never feels like something I want to do. It never is this emotion that I can tap into and say, yes, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to come to the altar today. I'm going to, I'm going to think of that one person that wronged me, and I'm going to forgive them, and it's going to be great. I'm going to be praising the Lord all the way up, all the way back. Boom, done. It's going to be great. We're going to sing songs about it. We're going to write a book about it, draw pictures about it. It's going to be awesome. Never. It's nothing. It's not a good emotion. So why is Jesus saying, why do we need to tap into that? Well, you've got to know a little bit different than this. Because in, in our days, we believe our heart controls our emotions, right? That's why, that's why, that's why uh, Cupid shoots it on Valentine's Day, right? It's our heart. In, in biblical times, it wasn't your heart that did your emotions. It was your gut. It was your gut feelings. This is where your feelings came from. This is where I eat my feelings, right? <laughs> But your heart is what we say in our mind. And what Jesus is saying here is train your mind, logically think it through, and come up with a plan that allows you not to get tortured by forgiving, by canceling the debt. That's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness simply is, I forgive you. Doesn't mean I condone it. Doesn't mean you, that person was right. In fact, it has nothing to do with that person. It's about you and your ability, your power to say, I'm letting that person go. In fact, unforgiveness is kind of like allowing someone to live in your life rent-free. That person that did something wrong to you, you let them in your life rent-free. And forgiveness is saying, you're free. I'm done. I don't hold you accountable anymore. The debt's paid. Go. Leave. That's forgiveness. So how do you do that? Well, I've walked down this line several times in my life, and there's four things that I've learned that I think could help you today. First thing, how to forgive someone from your heart. You can fill these out in your little cards you got in there if you want to. uh, First thing is to keep short accounts. Some of you love to keep accounts. Some of you have your own task list in your phone. That's your hit list of all the people that wronged you, right? Oh, I'm going to chase them down. No, no, no. Keep short accounts. In fact, here's what I learned. 24-hour rule. 
You're allowed to be upset for 24 hours. The Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. That's actually less than 24 hours, but I'm giving you 24 hours, okay? 24 hours to be mad. 24 hours to be upset, 24 hours to mull it over, process it, talk it over with someone, think it through, talk about the pain, talk about your process in that. I didn't do anything in that. Okay, well, think all of that through, and then at the end of that, forgive them and let it go. 24 hours, so key. Keep short accounts, not long accounts, short accounts. Ask Jesus for help. Mary asked me today as we were talking through this, or this week, when we were talking about this Facebook murder. And she pulled me aside and we were in the, um, and she said, so how, you think the people that don't know Jesus, how are they able to forgive? Like you hear stories of, you know, the person whose son was murdered and then they go and they visit the, uh, the prison and that person's able to forgive them. They meet with the, the criminal and they say, you know, we're, we forgive you or whatever. How do they do that if they don't know Jesus? Well, I don't think they can I think they can forgive, but I think they tap into something that's beyond them. I think they, they get an actual prevenient grace from God that allows them to forgive. I don't think you can actually forgive without tapping into something beyond yourself. And so ask Jesus for help. Why? Because he knows how to do this. When he was hanging on the cross, as they were killing him, What did he say? Father, forgive them. They don't realize what's going on. Father, forgive them. So ask the master forgiver help to forgive. Don't do it on your own. Seek him for help. Number three, utilize a forgiveness notebook. Now, this is something that I've kept in my life. I've got notebooks um, that I write down what people do to me. It sounds terrible. It sounds like a hit list. It's not a hit list. Um, I, I write down what people do to me, and I am specific as I can be. Shane said this about me. That's me writing. Shane, this person plotted against me to get me fired. Write it down. And I'm specific as I can be. I do dates. I do descriptive words. I draw pictures. I do whatever I can to remember that situation. I relive it. And then I take a Sharpie or a pencil or a pen, and vocally I say, dear Lord Jesus, I forgive Shane for saying this. And I cross it out and I scribble over top of it. And I make that be a visual reminder to me. And why is that important? I'll tell you what's important because it's the next one that comes up. Living it is vital to forgiving it. Forgiveness can happen in a moment, but it needs to be lived out beyond that. Because I guarantee it, there have been many times I have forgiven them. Man, that person, they got me fired and I forgave them. And then I walk out and I'm still mad at them. And I'm still ticked off, and I think, God, I thought I forgave him. Why am I so mad? And I hear God say, well, didn't you forgive him? Didn't you cross their name off? Yeah, I remember that. It marked out in my brain. Yeah, I remember that. Then you forgave him. You don't hold them to that anymore. The debt's canceled, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. So let it go. And I practice that. And let me say, the more you live it, the easier it gets, okay? I know in the moment, it's hard. (laughs) But the more you do it, 
the easier it gets. So we're going to close. Come on up, guys. I'm going to get real, okay? I'm going to get really tough with you, okay? Because some of you have been wronged to the tune of something that can't be paid back in a lifetime. A million dollars. 10,000 talents. 10,000 bags of gold. Someone did something to you. Someone took something from you. Chances are, there's someone here today who was abused as a child. They stole something from you. You were helpless. It wasn't your fault. All on them. I gotta forgive them? I gotta let them go? I, I, they, what they did was wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's all on them. And by you forgiving them does not mean they were right. It means you don't want to be tortured anymore by the memory of that. You want healing. Chances are some of you are in a relationship. And something happened in that relationship that fractured you, that hurt you. You didn't deserve it. It was all on them. They broke you. They abused you. They treated you poorly. They took advantage of you. How dare them? It's all on them. But you need to be set free. You need to set them free. Some of you had a friend, co-worker. And that person betrayed you, didn't they? They cheated you, and, and, and they got ahead. They got that promotion you wanted. They got more money than they wanted. They took your idea, your dream, and used it against you. Or maybe you had a friend, and you shared with them something very close to your heart, and they took that jewel that you shared with them, and they, they began to spread it out with everyone. It became a joke. And now your relationship is this weird mix of strange comments and sarcasm. give them. Some of you were married. And even though you kept the vow, the other person didn't. They broke their promise to you and God. And you got hurt in the process. I gotta forgive them? <laughs> Some of you grew up and, and you had a mom or a dad who said, I don't want to be with that family. I want to be with this person instead. This family instead. They chose someone over you. I gotta forgive them. So we're gonna sing a song. If you want to sing it, you can sing it. If you want to sit there, you can sit there. Here's, here's my challenge to you, okay? Here's, here's my 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 plea is that person that just popped up into your brain one person 
that, that, that instance, that memory that's right there. Forgive them. Forgive them. If you need to grab a sheet of paper, write down their name, be specific, and cross it out, do it. If you need to come up to this altar and mark this as the time, remember that time when I went to Davis Free Methodist Church and I walked up to the altar and I kneeled there and, and that was the time I forgave them. So when I get up and I walk out, I can remember that point. That was the time. And if you want to need someone to pray, maybe you don't have the words. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. That pain is so, I, I've never uttered those words ever in my life. You want me to say that now? I don't even know what to say. We'd love to help you. Pray with you. No judgment here. All this week, I've been forgiven people. All this week, it seems like God brought up all this pain from my past. All these things that the wrong people did to me. All those things that I crossed out so long ago. All came back to me in a flood. Why? Because I need forgiveness and I need help forgiving just as much as you do. And so if I could help you in any way today, we're here. I know Pastor John's here, Pastor Glenn's here. We'll pray with you. But let's, let's take one person each and let's proclaim you're forgiven and walk and live that out today. Heavenly Father, come now. Father, I pray for the individual that is wrestling with this. I pray that you'd give them the courage and the strength to face it. Just face it today. And help us, Father, to forgive. Help us to practice the love that you showed us. And come now and speak to us in Jesus' name.